Hello and welcome to your reaction for Celtic 1, Motherwell 1 on Saturday the 22nd of April. Not the result we were looking for. Uh, we go into the, the split, five games left, uh, technically 13 points clear, but that could go down to 10 tomorrow. I'm your host, Gary McKay, and I'm joined all the way from Glasgow by Colin Kearney. How are you, Colin? I'm well, thank you. Apart from that game of football, I am tip-top. Tip-top. I like your hat. What is is that a cat on the front? Yeah, it's uh, Kansas City Cats, defunct uh, baseball team. There's a Ebbets Field make these kind of repro hats of all kinds of defunct baseball teams. So flannel feels good quality. It's kind of like my dress. You know, it's like when I'm sort of dressing up, it's my fancy hat. <laughs> I'm dressing up for you guys. <laughs> I like it. Instead of a cat in the hat, it's a cat on the hat. I like that. <laughs> uh, and all the way from America, Eddie Walsh. Eddie, we can maybe get one of those for Oakland days in a couple of years' time. Yeah, seriously. Baseball team. I think they're already moved, right? I, I'm not sure where, but um, yeah, they love to do that in uh, here in America. Just move sports teams around. Yeah, Franchises. Be... Call, it, call them what they are. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Can we Investments. Stretch this baseball talk out for the next 50 minutes? <laughs> Happily. Yeah, I think we should. Gal's, Gal probably wants us to talk about the game at some point. We... I'm not uh, 15 points clear, as I mentioned at the start. Uh, we still have some work to do. Two games we need to win to seal this title, which should be doable, hopefully. Um, there are a couple of uh, league winners today. The Highland League has been won by uh, Brecon City. And the League 2 has been won by Stirling Albion. So that's uh, some uh, leagues have been decided already. But... Not for us. We started this game with Joe Hart and Goals, Greg Taylor, AJ, CCV and Starfell as the, the back line. Iwata, Kalmak, Matt O'Reilly, Maeda, Haxa and Kigers. I've actually written Kigers, so that's why I read it as Kigers. Uh, Kigers up front. Uh, Colin, come to you first. It was kind of expected when we heard the injury news yesterday that this would be the team, so uh, no surprises for you there. Yeah, not really. Although, I, I mean, I do think it's a bit weird that CCV's got uh, to have knee surgery and has been playing through the pain barrier, but somehow he's fine to play. I just don't understand what's going on with that. And Kobayashi's available, right? So I was kind of actually, yeah, that, that I was a wee bit, I, I mean, I, I knew it was it was going to happen because Anne said it was going to happen, but I still don't really understand the rationale. Kind of like a wee farewell to her, like Elton John is doing at the moment, Eddie. Uh, what about you? What, what were your thoughts on the team? Yeah, I think pretty much the exact same as Colin. Um, after listening to the press conference, I think I was absolutely frightened about uh, CCV and what's to come. Uh, I feel like maybe this offseason, CCV and Taylor probably will uh, go under the knife. But um, yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. But obviously, you know, um, the team was as strong as we can put out. So not much to complain about. Thought possibly maybe O might have gotten a start with, uh, you know, next Sunday and, you know, just the way he plays uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, Kyogo's style uh, against this disgrace against uh, the modern game of football. But uh, yeah, other than that, no. Yeah, I mean, a team that could neither go up the way in uh, positions or down the way in positions decided to spend half of the the, the game time wasting. Um, Colin, what what did you make of the the shit from Motherwell? 
I mean, it's yeah, it's horrible to watch. Um, I guess you could say they are executing their game plan uh, immaculately because that's obviously what it was. It was just like they wanted to get a freak goal and they got it, and then they just sort of were um, being assaulted by ghosts all across the field. Um, so, and uh, you know, aided and abetted by one of the finest referees in Scottish football. I love the. Because you know, like it doesn't take much for Tomboy to get pushed into paranoia, <laughs> but the the idea that as we're about to win the league and totally dominated Scottish football, he's demanding they bring in stop clocks for the referees so they can uh, make sure they get exact timing when it comes to to the match. I mean, that's the thing, Eddie. It is it is disappointing, but I don't think there's much need for an overreaction here. There's not it's not much need for it to be a totally negative podcast because. We are the champions elect, and we've had a stunning season. Yeah, no, not at all. I think, I mean, I'm looking at it uh, as far as, yeah, I feel like the way we went about the game and the way we tried to execute um, was maybe much different than I thought we would do against a team like Motherwell. Um, You know, we kind of sometimes against teams that just, you know, sit their whole um squad in the back uh, were kind of firing crosses during the whole first half but i think we really kind of started where we left off in a way uh against killy with you know some really nice fast passing especially from the back um and it looked really positive i think o'reilly had a really good first half um was involved in so much and i just think it, it just looked very positive to me and i think after the goal you just thought that we would kind of um kick on so there's a, for me there's a uh, you know, there's some good things about uh, the game. I just think, like Colin said, it's it's frustrating to have to admit that, yes, they executed their uh, plan perfectly by just doing nothing uh, and stopping us um, from getting that second goal. But, yeah, overall, I think um, as much as I hate to see us, <laughs> I hate to see us lose, um, I, you know, I uh, calmed myself before I came on the podcast and uh, here we are. Well, and you were on the kind of a modular version of the weekend update this week. Uh, we were both on the same podcast, but we didn't speak to each other. Um, you did the bit with uh, the Motherwell supporter. I did the bit with uh, Christian looking at oppos- opposition analysis, which you can find this podcast on your feed. Uh, Christian spoke quite. He made me feel confident because the the images that he, he sent to me and the way he was talking, it looked as if Motherwell were going to be all over the place. It looked as if they're going to leave massive gaps the way that they did against Rangers. But I think one of the things that we've seen this season is that the, the other teams don't approach us in the same way. They, they try and go for something against Rangers and then against us, they just try and defend their 18-yard box. And it felt like that and as the game started. It just was like Motherwell were sitting in that 18-yard box and just stopping anything. So many cutbacks going, going in, but it wasn't falling to anyone. It was just getting cleared by Motherwell doing the first ball. The, the thing that I, I felt was most uh, prominent was the fact that we were trying a lot of defence splitting passes, we were trying ambitious things and they were cutting out pretty much everything and I you know, hate to give them credit but they defended well, I mean it was a complete basement block but um, they were getting in the way and when we managed to we, I, th- I thought there was some really crisp passing and we did sort of pull them about a bit and in the first half I was thinking okay, they're defending well um, but they'll and they'll be exhausted by this kind of constant sort of like getting thrown about by our our kind of across the pitch passing and all the switching positions that we were doing. Um, and I was just 
uh, saying to Tara, you know, during the game, it just like teams must just, must just hate to play against us because it's just like so much work. But they uh, they had the gas in the tank for it, um, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, very frustrating. And Eddie, we it was a it was an unusual start because we started off with a, a kind of a unforced error, which again, which might actually come back into play later on in the game. But was it Matt O'Reilly trying to pass it back to Starfield? You know, I I wasn't sure if it was O'Reilly or Taylor. Um, I, I thought it was Taylor, but I've got a question mark beside it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, These white boys like the same man. I didn't think Taylor had the best game today. I don't know if it had to do with uh, injury or not, but um, I just think he looked a little, a little off it and um, maybe not as involved. Um, but yeah, that was uh, definitely a nervy start. Um and then the, uh, you know, there was another kind of instance, I think, as well, where we gave the ball away quickly. But, I mean, soon after that, it was just, you know, complete domination, really. And I think they were happy to kind of, it, it, it looked like they were happy to give us kind of the midfield to to play around, um, maybe more so as the game went on. But I think, yeah, it just got lower and lower. Um but some of the, like Colin was saying, some of the through balls um, from AJ O'Reilly, uh, McGregor, Awata, like the whole, just, it was some really fantastic stuff, I think, at times. Um, I think some of the times it looks like there were like mix-ups where um, there would be a pass, but the player wasn't looking. Uh, I feel like that happened a couple of times. But yeah, I mean, they really did well at kind of intercepting these uh these great ideas that we had, unfortunately, but um, I was, you know, pretty happy with kind of the way we were going about it. So. Yeah, it it was. I think it's a case where, Colin, if you have an opposition that let you stay on the ball at the back for so long, like um, Ross County, basically just let us play the play the ball about the back then you have to bring something new to your game, like uh, attempting these defensive splitting passes, because if you have that in your locker, then it means the opposition can't just let you have the ball at the back. Aye, and the thing is, it just seemed, I mean, it's always hard to tell if somebody has, like, has misplaced the pass or if it's just been good defending in the positional sort of sense of the defenders. Uh, I felt that there was a bit of a mixture of both. I think there was some kind of slightly kind of underhit, you know, slightly off target, quite easy to sort of... Uh, I feel like, I'm, I hate to say this, but I think Hak Shabanovich had flashes of, of good play, but um, I feel that he was... He, he was really um, losing the ball quite a lot, and he. Uh, but the, the one positive I'd say about him today was that he, he seemed to be much more interested in tracking back and and winning the ball back. And I think that was a positive from the the first half is that we were really scrapping for the second balls in in the midfield. But um, yeah, I I feel like law of averages these kind of passes at least sort of one in ten is going to go through, but it felt like none of them were going through. And um, I think. Yeah, I mean, even there was a point where Paxibanovic tried to like do that wee sort of cute chip pass, but it just didn't come off. And it just, yeah, it felt a wee bit. Now, in retrospect, it feels a bit like one of those days. I think there were maybe two or three players that I wouldn't say they were off it, but they just weren't maybe on it to the extent that we were expecting. One of those players was uh, Joe Hart, and uh, early on, I think from the corner that Motherwell get from that. that uh, 
of original mistake from the Celtic defence. He seemed to do some kind of like, uh, I've likened it to Eddie, you know, in volleyball, where you're not trying to attempt to get the ball across the net, but you're just kind of lifting it up for one of your own players to try and like spike it. He did did that as a clearance and dropped it to like the six yard line. It was a bizarre decision. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like we've seen that a bunch from Joe, Joe Hart uh, coming up from corners, but I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he had too much to do today. Uh, obviously, besides the goal, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's one of the things that I guess when it happens, I don't necessarily, you know, it's always like, oh shit, what are you doing? You know, but you almost kind of expect it when he jumps in the air. You're like, oh god, here it goes. It's gonna like hit his hands and then fumble over a couple of heads. Like right, like you said, right in the six-yard box. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just think at this point, Joe Hart's Joe Hart, and it's kind of what we see is what we get. We'll get great saves, and then we'll get shit like that. So take the good with the bad. And I'm just going to go to the, to the mother equalizer actually because we're talking about Hart, and it kind of makes sense in this section. Colin, I was uh, I, I actually asked uh, Stephen Russell to get me some stats. He's good that way. You can just like. Uh, can you ask him to get your specific stat and he logs on and does it for you. It's it's, it's wonderful. And uh, so they have this thing called uh, XGOT, which is expected goal on target. And they use that kind of uh, as a as a, a tool to look at goalkeepers and whether they're, they're saving the shots they should save, should save basically. And uh, they compare it with XG and they compare it with goals and they, they get some uh, findings from it. And when Van Beeden gets the chance, he's got an expected goal of 0.16. So he's got a 16% chance of scoring from the position that he's in. And as soon as he shoots, he's got a 91% chance of scoring. And that takes into account his shot, like the the strength of the shot. It also takes into consideration the decision-making of the goalkeeper. And you don't usually get such a jump like that from a low number like 16 to 91. Uh, actually, Eddie, you've got your hand up. We'll come to you first on this one. Yeah. Uh, what did you make of that? It felt as if he just vanished. He disappeared as a shot. I mean, I mean, does it take into account the uh, Greg Taylor getting absolutely turned for that? Because I feel like, you know, he was the only one to back defending and it wasn't exactly like he was trying to usher him into the corner or anything. He completely got spun around and he wouldn't have got a shot off at all if he would have been defended not saying that you know he was he was all alone back there um but still I I don't think it was really out of the realm of possibility that he could kind of square up with him follow him and usher him into the corner as opposed to just completely getting spun around so I mean yeah you know while, while those stats could be correct I think it wouldn't have happened if Greg Taylor just defended correctly <laughs> I was going to come to that when we spoke about the goal in general but uh, I've actually written down here that he gets so backend Greg Taylor because that's exactly what so backend did to him for uh, Bodo Glimt uh, in Europe he just doesn't seem to be great when it comes to those one-on-one situations and with Greg Taylor this season we've loved him in his inverted left back position and he's on the ball he's been superb for us this season but still there are those frailties when it comes to his defensive game and if we did switch back to a system where we, we need him to be like a normal left back, then maybe we would see that a bit more often. But yeah, didn't cover himself in glory there at all. Uh, back to the idea of heart, Colin. Uh, I don't want to pick on him, as I said, but I don't want to be ultra negative on this podcast podcast either. 
but I feel as if like he's quietly had quite a poor season, and I think if he was like his name was Barkas, we would maybe be calling for him to be dropped. Where, am I being too harsh now? Eddie's uh, nodding, so I think Eddie. I think um, first, uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, I would say that that Joe Hart's game. I think now we know where he's, you know, very firmly where his strengths and weaknesses are. And going back to your sort of talk about that, it's quite interesting that stat to me because I always, one of my kind of bugbears with uh, football commentary is that nobody really understands goal, goalkeeping or or speaks very well about it. And they're all, you know, when shots are right at the keeper. Um, and that's all that anybody ever says when a keeper saves a ball comfortably. But there's a lot of, like, most of goalkeeping is about positioning. And if it's right at the keeper, sometimes it's because the keeper knows exactly like what you, what your angle is, what the chances are going to be there, and he just you know, and that's good position, and it's that's good goalkeeping. Um, but I think that uh, Joe Hart uh, struggles. He do, he doesn't like being off his line at all. Um, you know, at corners he will stay in his line. He lets defenders. He would rather give um, Starfelt or CCV. The, he he'd rather they cleared in the six yard box than him coming out to save the ball. Um, you know, some keepers would just be shouting for it and we'd be gathering that up, but that's not his game. Um, and so he comes out and he's narrowing the angle, I guess, but um, I, I, I don't know if he could have done a huge amount about it. As you say, Taylor kind of like is pretty ineffective at sort of like getting Van Veen off target and he does come out and it's a good finish. Um I think it's easy to pick on Joe Hart. I don't think he's great. I'd love to see a new goalkeeper, but he does make important saves, keeps us in games. And uh, I just think with the more we see him, the more we know he's not a complete package. Hey, Eddie, that was being too harsh. I, I think with the Barcast thing, I think um, <laughs> I, I, I do agree that he hasn't had as good a season as last season. And I agree with everything Colin said there. I think it's it's almost like we're, you know, he kind of played out of his mind last season uh, and we got maybe the last kind of flourish of, uh, you know, excellent Joe Hart. And even with, you know, the things that we know now that still happened last season, but I think there was much less of that uh, than this season. And uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree that he hasn't had uh, the best season, but I don't, I don't think it's Barcast levels of uh, terrible. Uh, we, I think one of the, the, the main things with Hart as well is that we love the intangibles. Like, the, one time I had a drink a couple of months ago, I was like, ended up on YouTube just looking at Joe Hart videos just to see if he would talk about Celtic. It was like interviews he was in with like English podcasters and talking mostly about Stockport or some shit. And I was like, maybe I'll speak about Celtic. I don't know. I, I, I like him being at the club, but I don't know. It's just, I think we need better. Uh, but we do have better in the team, which is players like Callum McGregor. Uh, Callum McGregor, I thought he was superb today. I mean, it's probably going to be mostly overlooked because we we didn't win the game. But Colin, especially in that first half, he, he had that lovely long range effort that just uh, just went over the bar, and then a beautiful cross to Maeda at the back post, and uh, the commentary team. Um, Suggested that Maeda maybe had the sun in his eyes for it because he, he attempts to go for goal instead of uh, cutting it back to Kyogo, who's completely free. What, what did you make of uh, that effort? Um, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I think he scored a, a goal with his head from a similar position last week, right? 
So I think he was just trying to do the same thing and he just didn't execute it very well. I, I don't know if it was like he 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 couldn't. I mean, if, if he couldn't see, he wouldn't have headed the ball. <laughs> you know, he could see the ball and he headed it, and it just wasn't his best effort. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it would have been. I I didn't. I was ball watching, so I didn't see Kyogo in space. But um, yeah, I felt that Cal- Callum McGregor, going back to your original point, I think he was doing his classic um, kind of just driving through. He made a couple of amazing mazy runs. He had a couple of a uh, couple of great shots, one of which went in. Spoiler alert! Um, and uh, I love. I'm quite enjoying seeing him playing with Awata. And I thought, I thought the midfield. I, I think the m- midfield were on the whole, one of the brightest points of the game. I thought um, Matt O'Reilly had a really, especially good first half, but I thought he had a good game generally. Um, yeah, but uh, Eddie, you, you, you seemed like you had oh. something to say about Maeda's header. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I, I think at one point, I'm not sure if it was for that, but uh, Tom Boyd goes, isn't isn't that uh, Chris Julian's post? <laughs> like when he slammed into the, uh, when I think I must have been second half, but yeah, he was like, isn't, wasn't that Chris Julian's post? Like he owns it. Like it's like a little plaque next to it. The Chris Julian post. Stole some of his blood. On it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah uh, the commentary team just, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Maeda has evolved. Yeah. As, as you were suggesting there with the post uh, a couple of minutes later. Eddie, I don't know how he got up from that because he hits it at some speed and it seems to hit it square in the fucking ribs. I don't know, like, I don't know if yeah. how he didn't crack a rib. I cracked a rib falling off a bike once and he's doing that <laughs> in the goalposts. I mean, he's he's Dyson, that's why. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. I was definitely worried about that because, like you said, of the speed and force that he went into it. But um, I feel like that's that's... That should now be named Dyson Maeda Memorial Post because he's always there, whether he's kind of, you know, hitting. And I think he was really, really involved in the first half as far as, uh, you know, his classic kind of, you know, booting the ball past defenders, running onto it and trying to cut it back. Um, there were a lot of kind of over the top balls to him, like the one from Kalmak. Um yeah, I think he was pretty positive. I think also is again, it's a struggle when you have that kind of, you know, the three defenders that kind of fan out as soon as anyone on either side gets the ball. So you're having to come back, but that just goes to show how good we were playing kind of through the middle, because once we got it back, it was quickly in the middle. And then you get those balls, like uh, Colin was saying the the, you know, one touch through balls are kind of quick over the top passes. So I think we were dealing with that kind of, um, I guess, defensive strategy, if you will, um, uh, pretty well. But yeah, I think Maeda looked uh, pretty good in the in the first uh, first half, I'd say. Hey, Colin, you don't usually think of players that are in their mid-20s uh, evolving much, but for me, Maeda, when he came in, I, I thought of him much more of a, like, a left-sided forward. He would be the one that would just arrive at the back post as like, especially like playing a centre-forward, but on the left wing. Similar to maybe Scott Sinclair a little bit, but he does seem to be adopting this uh, really good old school winger technique where he just hits the hits the byline and gets crosses in constantly, and he did that consistently today. It's it's interesting to see him kind of change his game at this stage of his career. I'm not saying he's old, but I mean he's not in his early twenties or anything. He seems to be um, really working working on that kind of game, and I, I think. Uh... It was a wee while ago, but people were just saying about he's he's kind of um I think when people were saying he had a poor first touch and 
there was just like him and a coach and they were just going through these sort of very rote kind of passes and crosses and just him working on these things and working his touch and working his crossing and uh, that kind of diligence I think is is sort of paying off and I think his I, I think his first touch has improved massively and um, yeah just kind of really getting to the byline and putting in those crosses and um, I thought it was quite interesting seeing that mirrored and I'm uh, again sorry to to mess with the programming, but like when Vata came on in the second half and was doing a lot of the same things, getting to the byline and putting in those crosses, I think that um, there's uh, some exciting possibilities there if we can find somebody that can actually head the ball properly. That'd be good. Yeah, Eddie, you wanted to come in about Maeda? Yeah, I think I think also his confidence as well, um, kind of trying these things. Uh, I feel like when you know we were just talking about. Uh, you know, he seemed, he seemed kind of timid, I guess, when he first came in. Um, but I think at times showed this kind of explosive um, attacking uh, nature, but especially I feel like he's added to his game. Um, if he is kind of stuck in the corner, literally just going by players and doing, uh, you know, what Giotta does all the time goes literally to the end line and just c- cuts back in and either shoots it or passes it across. I think I just, he, he's just much more confident and I think it's much more consistent as well with kind of his efforts. So it's, it's really awesome to see, especially with Jota out um, and Haksabanovic kind of, you know, still finding his feet a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Maeda nearly does get the big goals for us in this game. Like that we had the header we're talking about. And then the one where he gets played through, I think it's, who's it by? Yeah. Paxbanovich, yeah. yeah, and he just he, he stretched him for it, and he, he just puts it by the post. But before that happened, we did get the breakthrough. Uh, Colin, t- uh, talk us through it. Yeah, there's an amazing passage to play, which I think is the most effective um, example of what we were trying to do. We were pinging the ball about first touch passes, and we were really pull, pulling them all over the place. Um, and I think it's Johnston that sort of hits a cross and it gets headed away. Um, so that's the first time that they've kind of got the got their a part of their body to the ball, and it just lands with a wata. And he just he does this utterly, uh, I would say, uh, Hatati esque uh, <laughs> two two touch control with both feet. He just kind of, he kind of passes it behind him, and then he passes, it, and then he just rolls it towards McGregor and just stops. He's just like the coolest man on the pitch. And uh, and Cal McGregor just uh, horses it, and it takes a deflection of one, perhaps two defenders, and it just uh, bamboozles Kelly. But yeah, the the, the build up play uh, and Awata's control was uh, that's when you're sort of thinking, okay, this is this is going to be this is going to be okay, you know. Um, yeah. But we'll we'll always have that goal. Yeah, Awata for that was just absolutely stunning, and uh, yeah. we'll talk about it in a second, but. I th- I thought the midfield free. I thought there was such a beautiful balance between them. And uh, the thing is, this this is two separate games. It's before Motherwell scored, and then it's after Motherwell scored. You can't really judge them as as the same thing. Uh, but Eddie, we when we're looking at like stats and uh, uh, analytics and stuff like that, we we talk about players not shooting for thirty five yards because <laughs> Cam McGregor was a good thirty five yards. But you know, sometimes it's goals. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh maybe Tom Boyd mentioned it during the uh 
during the broadcast, but I, I do think we probably could have taken a, a pop more to, I think what we have like maybe five or six on goal or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I do think maybe at times, uh, you know, someone who had the space could have just hit it uh, as opposed to, you know, playing it to another player. But I mean, you know, you can't, can't argue too much about um, how well the midfield was doing kind of creating those chances to begin with. Um, I also thought AJ was really good um, and mostly in the first half uh, coming forward, kind of playing with the midfield as opposed to Haksabanovich. I think him and Haksabanovich were okay, but I think um, him particularly playing with uh, O'Reilly or whoever was <laughs> next to him because they were literally all the midfield was just basically like this, the whole game. Uh, at this being a circle with my finger for people that can't see, but uh, yeah, they were so amazing. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I totally forgot my point because I was just enamored by the filthy Awada touch slash the midfield in general. I thought you'd, so. you'd uh, sort of hypnotized yourself with your <laughs> finger there for a second. <laughs> when I record this over Zoom, I get the, the file for the audio and the file for the video. So maybe I can just put the video on. <laughs> a gif, a gif of me going like this. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think everyone at this stage thinks they're aware that will be the first of many uh, today, but it's it's not. And the, the first half kind of peters out to a certain extent. We're peppering the, the goal with a lot of crosses. And, and I know it wasn't actually the crosses you dislike, Eddie. It was uh, the, the on the ground cutbacks, which we were doing, but they were just all finding Motherwell players. Uh, Haxa goes down injured for a while. Starfelt goes down injured because uh, I think he has his hand stood on. And uh, I want to talk about Haxa because... We have seen and liked a lot of his impact from the bench, but Colin starting, it just doesn't seem to be going for him at the moment. Yeah, but I can. I would like to temper that a wee bit because I think he had a better game this week than he did last week. I think he is improving with his defensive work. You know, I think he's he'd been accused of maybe being a little bit lazy, um, but he seems to have a real hunger to win the ball back. I think everybody's passing in the final. Their final third was kind of, you know, it was getting blocked off. There, so um, it wasn't just him that wasn't able to pull off passes, and he did do some sort of good work. So I would say that um, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be uh, positive about it. I think I think it shows an improvement, and I think it shows willing, and uh, it's maybe not coming off for him. Um, but I think this is a step in the right direction. I think if if you had if he had the same kind of middling game he had last week with no tweaks, no difference in his in his performance, I would be a bit worried. But I saw enough to be confident that um, you know he can be effective starting as well. Yeah, and when he does come off the bench, he, he, he just seems so decisive. But I think the the one thing that I I, I actually agree with you. I, I said I, I was texting someone during the game, and I said that I felt as if. It was his best game as a start. I'd forgotten about Hibs when they beat them 6-1. I forgot he started that one. It was his best game as a start, but it felt as if like that's saying that you're the nicest guy in prison to a certain extent. <laughs> because I think the, the thing that he was doing a bit too much, Eddie was just being maybe too slow in the ball. He was he was kind of making... He was maybe not taking the pass... He was holding on to the ball for a couple of seconds. He was maybe trying to see up his defender a bit too slow. It just felt as if he was not being as decisive as maybe Jota would be 
on on the part. What, what do you make of that? I don't want to be critical of him because I love him. I think he's awesome, yeah. especially his haircut. But yeah, what did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think he, as the game went on, I think he did that. Um, early on, I think he was kind of, this isn't necessarily a negative thing, but it's, I feel like sometimes he could be a little predictable with, you know, the first touch and he either goes uh, to the byline across it or he cuts in on his left foot to see what he can do. Um, but it just wasn't coming off. And I think that was partially um, due to, I felt like at times there was a huge gap and nobody was around. So it was kind of like Haxabanovich versus three Motherwell players. And it was kind of hard to, uh, you know, cut through that um, at times. I mean, this is, this could be a controversial statement, but I feel like he reminds me of Abada in a lot of ways. Uh, I think they both have very similar issues as far as kind of um, starting games, um, I think you could say that um, Haksabanovic might have more talent kind of going at defense uh, and first touch, obviously. But I I think they're very similar players uh, as far as kind of at least trying to be as effective as they are, um, you know, coming off the bench uh, to starting games. But, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a player for us, I think, um, it's just a matter of, you know, taking the chances when he gets it. Um, obviously, there are difficult, more difficult teams to play against where you have zero space. Um, I think the more he plays on the right, he'll kind of get used to playing with AJ a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about him. And I think uh, both of you guys are right in saying that this is probably his best start. Um, I just think sometimes it could just be a frustrating result. Uh not necessarily from anything negative he's doing. It's just, you know, that's coming off from, I mean, we see it with Jota as well at times. Um, so yeah, not worried. Yeah. In my, in my notes, I had, uh, I think in the first half, it felt like he was kind of behind the beat, you know, like he was like half a beat off the rest of the team. And I think he, um, he seemed to be adjusting that. And I think that's the thing I'm I'm looking for. Um, when we haven't seen an awful lot of players, you're looking for that improvement. You're looking for the, the problem solve their own problem solving, and uh, I think he identified those issues, and um, I think he put in a really good shift. So yeah, I'm I'm still really hopeful. Oftentimes, where you see someone make make a mistake, you you, you blame that person, but it can be because of something s- systemic. Like uh, you were saying, Colin, that he felt as if, or maybe it felt as if the, he was isolated a bit when he re- received the ball, and that is perhaps because we weren't making overloads in the, the right positions of the park. So I mean, he ends up looking at isolated and loses the ball, but it's because we didn't have enough players near him. So, like, you can sometimes blame individuals on the team, maybe not just doing exactly what they should in that time. Uh, we get to half time, and just as we get to half time, I'll, I'll bring in some quotes from Ange. He was asked about uh, the injuries and asked about uh, their viability for the semi final. He said, we'll see, quote unquote. And then, then he added that they're, they're close. And by the means Jota, Hatate, and Abada. Bearing in mind what we're talking about and the fact that we, although we had uh, good individual performances for much of the game, would you be tempted, Eddie, to bring any of those players in cold for a start uh, against Rangers in the semi? Or do you think we need to at best give them the bench? It's. it's really tough um i think you know 
with if the way the midfield played today is what we can expect next Sunday, I feel like we can afford to maybe give Hatate that at least a half. You know, I, I think I would like to see them both make a bench, uh, both make the bench, give it, you know, I think during this Angera, a lot of the injuries are complete mysteries to us. So we don't know necessarily the nature of it, where it is, you know, so we can't necessarily make a judgment as far as, oh yeah, they should be on the bench. We just have to kind of go what he says, go with what he says. So, um, you know, I, I would love to have them both on the bench. I think um, if they can start, they should start. Um I think I, I'm just not sure that Haksabanovich is maybe up to that yet, uh, like to start that game. Um, I would hope that it could be Jota Maeda, but, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be terribly disappointed if it was kind of the same lineup. But, um, yeah, I think the one major piece would be Hatate for me uh, as a sub because, I thought Moy came on today and he was just just not great. Um, tons of just crosses to the moon, <laughs> like just very, very strange uh, hits of the ball, especially when we needed him to, you know, some solid delivery. So I think having Hatate uh, on the bench would be amazing if he could give us um, 45 uh, at any point, uh, half an hour even. Um but yeah, I wouldn't be against them playing. But again, I think it's it's just hard to make that decision because just I have no clue about their injuries and and what they involve. So yeah, Colin, this is a game that could go 120 minutes plus. So we maybe need to consider that in the reckoning as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's a horrible thought because also it could be 120 minutes plus penalties. <laughs> so I'm trying not to think about that or even countenance that. But um, yeah, so I think we've got so many good penalty takers. Oh, team, absolutely! So. I mean, Oof. so, so yeah. many, so many cool heads there. Um, yeah, I think, I think if if they're all fit, like let's assuming that Abada, Jota, and uh, Rio are all fit, I would um, be tempted to. I think this. I think this midfield three is really intriguing and working so i would stick with that and have a tatty on the bench um and for that potential kind of extended play and just um i have no fear about him coming back and needing three games to warm up like moy seems to need um i think Abad is always useful on the bench bench against uh them because he just seems to love a goal against them but i would start jota if he's fit because i think he's um he's a big game player i think he he lives for those games. And um, yeah, I think that's the, the Jota would be the one that I would prefer to be fit and starting. The, the difference between Jota and maybe Abada, uh, for example, is that Jota was having like, games every single week, so he had momentum and he's only missed a couple now, so you'd hope that he would still have that bit of momentum about him. And being on the wing is different from being right in the engine room, engine room when it comes back from, when it comes to coming back from an injury. But Ange continued, he said, it is a disappointing outcome. The performance probably wasn't at the level we have been reaching. First half was okay. We controlled the game really well and got our goal, had opportunities to get another. Then we considered a really poor goal when that gives them something to hold on to. We had chances to go on and win it, but there was desperation around our play. We lacked that composure in the box. We need to lick our wounds, review it and move on. There are going to be times when you stumble. The important thing is to get back up and go again. Uh, Eddie, what do you make of that? We uh, there was desperation around our play. Yeah, I mean, I think in the last 
um, maybe 20 minutes. Uh, it, it definitely felt as the game went on that we were just kind of, you know, every throw in every corner was quickly taken and usually either hit directly out of play or we had a chance that was missed. Like the Ole Miss was just brutal. Um, I think Starfield miss like uh, the university. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think there were, we had chances, I think, but yeah, there was definitely like a frenetic kind of desperation, I guess. Uh, You know, I I guess you can expect that being, you know, needing a goal in the last 20 minutes, but yeah, I think some of the play wasn't, I guess it, it definitely wasn't the quality of the first half. We were just kind of, you know, chucking balls up there, hoping, hoping for the best. Um, there was some quality within that. I think um, Vata, I just, I, I would like to see more of him eventually. Uh, I thought he looked uh, pretty up for it. Um, nothing crazy. I just thought he, um, you know, looked confident enough to kind of get more minutes. Um, but yeah, I would definitely agree with Ange as far as, uh, you know, the, the frenetic kind of desperation, but uh Imagine if said, yeah, I have to disagree with Ange. It's like you can't you can't do that. You just keep like, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, you have to, you have to. Yeah, Vata t- t- for me some cross of them. I mean, it's kind of uh, old school to see a winger when have such a uh, fantastic crossing. But yeah. It, it was funny when he was running up against uh, Stephen O'Donnell, and Stephen O'Donnell just looked like a, a man out with his wing, because he was like half the size of width <laughs> of uh, Stephen O'Donnell. Just turned his back to him and just kind of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we we start the second half well. Uh, Colin uh, Kyogo has quite a good chance. He's got a beautiful, uh, beautiful build up between Iwata, AJ, and Haksabanovic. Comes to Kyogo, he has a fantastic spin, creates a couple of yards from himself, and gets a a shot away. It goes by the post. Do you think he should should have done better there? I mean, it would have been some. It's one of those moves that you you really hate the fact it's not a goal because it'll just get forgotten in the great kind of sands of football time. But if it had gone in, it would have been such a beezer. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like he should have done better, but I think it was, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't like a bad miss. It was just like, uh, it was so close. Would have been a great team goal. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just like it's a game of moments. If that had gone on, gone in, I think uh, we would have really. I think we needed a second goal to sort of really just kind of pluck us up because we played some good stuff. And then um, what happens a few minutes later really seems to knock the stuffing out of us. Yeah, and what happens Ed, is that uh, Matt O'Reilly loses out. He, he, he turns he turns into trouble basically on the edge of the the Motherwell box. Uh, but you can't really. I, I'm not going to blame him because we still have two thirds of the pitch to try and stop the ball going into our goal. Uh, as mentioned, uh, Hart was was maybe didn't uh, do well for it, and uh, Greg Taylor uh, did, uh, got so back and as previously mentioned. At this stage, Eddie, do you worry? Uh, do you worry about the fact that, despite the fact that we're home, we haven't really created many clear cut chances? And this is just going to give them something to hold on to, or did you think we, we will open them up? I think uh, I don't. I don't think I worry a lot. Um, I think there's maybe in the back of my mind as far as oh, it's later in the game. Um, I think 
I'm more worried about um, our reaction to a goal like that as far as uh, play-wise, because I think, um, you know, again, we started the second half well. Um, O'Reilly obviously had a great first half, second half, and, you know, we had chances that we missed. So, you know, something like that completely just out of nowhere against uh, against a run of play, I, I think can really be demoralizing. And I do think it seemed to have affected us a, a little bit Um as far as how we were playing, I felt like there were more kind of not necessarily hospital passes, but confusion between players, uh, some short passes, um, you know, some more crosses going into the box, uh, kind of that desperation that um, Andrew was talking about. But um, then on top of that, I don't know if we're, I'll speak briefly on this, but, you know, uh, beat on just as far as uh, every Motherwell player just falling on the grounds every two seconds beat on stopping the clock for some reason, like just stopping play for some reason, putting his hand up to his ear. Like there was some sort of review for whatever. Cause, and at that point, I think we were kind of on the ascendancy. We were going forward. We were trying to get a quick throw in and all of a sudden this happened. So I think there were things that kind of um, affected us as far as uh, confidence levels or, you know, affected the momentum going forward. So. Yeah, I love how uh, VAR has just given refs the ability to like take calls during just the touch game. Touch there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give me a pint in there, Louis. I'll be there in uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> Is the Louis even open uh, in the world? I don't know. I don't know. What's, what's for the joke? Uh, by the way, I actually have a big chance after the score from, from a corner. They really should have done better with it. But we then go up and it looks as if it's going to be one of the goals of the season again. Uh, Falling to Kyogo, Matt O'Reilly with a beautiful, beautiful uh, reverse pass to him, uh, Colin. And he, he tries, he, he does the right thing. Like he, he needs to go for the dink because the angle is is so against him. But it's, I hate to say it, but it's a really good save from Liam Kelly. It's a really good save. Um, and I, I another kind of cliche that I, I'm going to, I'm going to say I hate, but I'm going to use it because <laughs> so I can't hate it that much. But it's the rub of the green, right? I feel like w- there was definite non-rub of the green in the second half, and that was, um, yeah, that should have been that should have been a goal. It was sort of the the, the I thought I thought O'Reilly was O'Reilly and Kyogo were really the most creative players in the park, and Kyogo was trying right to the end of the game, and I think deserves huge kudos, um, even though he didn't manage to score today, um, and. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it's like, so we're not getting the rub of the green. Um, yeah, the referee's now giving away non-fouls. He got that. There was a lot of weird officiating things, just even stupid stuff that you can't really complain about. But like goal kicks that were corners and throw-ins that went their way, and it just felt like the and then the mystery VAR check, which who knows? I mean, that was like it with the seventieth minute or something, and he's yeah, it was late. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I, could, I mean, I, I couldn't fathom what it could possibly be for. Yeah. Um, and there's no explanation. And uh, and then, of course, that Tom Boyd starts going on about rugby for some reason. And uh, good, old, good old Tom. It's like, yeah, just, just rugby will sort it all out. Um, and yeah, and this kind of uh, desperation kind of kicks in. And I mean, are we, are we going to talk about O? Yeah. I think I think that's where it kind of it it doubled up on us like we were ha- we were struggling up to that point 
And then I think, unfortunately, the subs didn't necessarily work to our advantage. Uh, Could have. The, the, yeah. the next point I was going to make is that the, the subs really changed the game for the worse. Uh, I, I understand we have more or less won the league. I understand that we've got them in the cup final, but the cup, uh, cup semi-final, but the cup semi-final is eight days away. And we make some interesting subs. O comes on for Haksimanovic, which means that Kyogo gets put out onto the wing. I don't see the point. If you want, if you don't want Kyogo in the box, then just sum him off and put, keep Haksimanovic on the wing because that's his position. Moy comes on for Awata. And and then later on, uh, David Turnbull comes on for, for Greg Taylor after Vata comes on for Matt O'Reilly. And it just felt, Eddie, with every passing sub, we were making it less likely that we were going to win this game. Like, I, I, I've said many points, I'm not uh, points, I'm not the biggest fan of Aaron Moy. I've, I've said that I've given up on David Turnbull. But when you're chasing a game like this, the slowness just fucking enrages you. And it was just you were you felt like just screaming at them, move faster with the ball, pass it faster on. And there was one point where David Turnbull took three yards, a eh, three steps to do a turn to turn 180 degrees. It's like you could just but turn yeah. your body. You don't need to yeah. turn. Yeah, that was like the last like five minutes too. Not even that was like injury time, and I felt like you know you could hear the crowd kind of getting on their backs, like you know put put the ball in, put the ball in, and he did that weird just just shadow boxing type thing is just like moves around um but yeah no i i you know obviously i don't think the subs worked in our favor at all um i think as soon as kyogo went out to the right you're just like all right you know this is maybe that's desperation that Andrew's speaking of but um yeah it just didn't seem like it was going to come off especially with uh you know, most of the players that were on the ball, I think Moy was on the ball for most of the half. I think Maeda was kind of horsed at that point. Um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to see O at that point, just because I figured, you know, we could play the ball into his feet, maybe have some, you know, uh, make some space for the midfield to kind of make runs or play it off. But yeah, he, I mean, the ter- terrible, terrible miss, uh, some terrible, terrible crosses and balls in from Moy. So I think at that point it was just, it just got more and more frustrating. But yeah, you know, like you said, we're, we're talking about this game in isolation. Obviously everything is, is rosy <laughs> and uh, fantastic on the outside, but yeah, it was, it was a frustrating, uh, frustrating kind of end to the game. And Colin mentioned the idea of the rubber of the green, uh, Stephen with his X points table, was maybe saying that we were due this kind of elasticity, this, this rub of the green not to be there because we'd maybe got it a bit in the season already. But, Colin, when it comes to that, that last 20 minutes for me was a masterclass in the things that enrage you about football when you're trying to score a goal. It was a time waste and it was the Aaron Moy crossing into the stand. It was the players not moving fast enough. It was just that the people got down injured all the time, and uh, it was it was it was hard to watch. But it was it was it was weird because it was hard to watch, but also there wasn't that much pressure on us because we know that we're we're so close. It was it was a weird game to kind of uh, take in, as it as it petered out. Yeah, the I think the thing that the 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 sort of thing that was most absent from my perspective was like quite often when we concede 
And if it's not, I mean, it wasn't like a super late goal they got that just threw us into like disarray. But normally we kind of just were quite methodical and we kind of go back and we reset and we um, keep to our passing and, and display patience. And it just didn't seem there was a lot of, there was no method, there was no patience. Um, I feel that O was completely anonymous when he came on. And um, I, I'm beginning, I mean, I mean, you know, this is the reaction, right? So we're we're all going to say rash things, but in my notes, just like um, just before he's he's miss, he's bad miss. Uh, I've written is opish question mark, and um, I don't know, like I, I, I it, that he's was not. Colin Kiernan that said that. I know, just I so know. Everyone, everyone knows. <laughs> I've gone, I've gone and done a Carlin. Um, and yes, he will never score for Celtic ever again. At, at least we know it'll backfire if it's a Carlin, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, shout out to my fellow Polyax. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I mean, I think there was, yeah, it, it, it was basically just chucking things into Blender, Q going the right, oh, just like looking confused when he doesn't get, when's somebody going to explain to him that he's not going to get decisions that are like very unlikely, you know. He he always looks so aggrieved when something doesn't go his way, and it's just like somebody needs to sit him down and talk to him about Scottish refereeing. Um, right, I'm I'm backing off from uh, from this old slander, Eddie. I don't know what side of the the, the line you want to fall in. This, <laughs> I, I mean, he missed a big chance. I'm just trying to add a bit of spice. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a header. You probably have people looking at MLS and saying GG scum uh, every game for Atlanta or something. Wait, but... wait, who? Who? <laughs> yeah, there's nobody cares. So I don't know. Like these, the the Christian in my head is saying that uh, finishing is random and uh, blah blah blah. But what did you make of O uh, when you came on? Um, not exactly the impact that I wanted. <laughs> I honestly don't think he I don't I don't think he got on the ball too much. Um I feel like uh when he did it was kind of he was sworn by players. I, I, I don't think it was anything maybe to his you know, that was his fault necessarily. I think um it was just a matter of that desperation kind of feeling throughout the whole team, you know. Um so I think he was just kind of a byproduct of of that. But uh yeah, I just don't the the one thing that he could have had an impact on, he missed. So I I think that was really his biggest impact that he had when he came on. Other than that, he was really kind of not involved. I, yeah, I think, but I think that's my main thing. It's not so much about missing a header. It's I, I felt like he was really static, um, and when he was not like making I, I couldn't see him making runs I could I just saw him sort of standing about in the penalty box waiting for somebody to give it to him and um I don't think he was involved in any link-up play I don't think he uh, showed any kind of real uh I mean the thing I've seen the thing I liked about him uh in previous games is he seems to have a hunger and appetite and seem to be like trying lots of and almost seem to be trying too hard and trying too much so maybe he's trying to calibrate <laughs> but he's gone too far the other way um of course I'm not going to like write him off it's just like you know I was frustrated and like towards the end of that game I was I don't know about you guys but um I was writing less and less notes and my notes were getting more and more snippy so um yeah so uh 
yeah, I'm not not writing him off, but yeah, I just don't think he was really adding in to the to the cause. Yeah, I've got two and a half pages of notes up until the 64th minute, and then I've got half a page for the rest of the game. So <laughs> uh, we we do have uh, two half chances, Eddie, and they, they both fall to the the man you would want in this situation, Carl Starfield. Um, he has a header that he bullets, and there was a there was a decent header. He bullets kind of too close to to Liam Kelly. And then, can you talk us through that one in injury time where he loops it? What what, what happened? What was going on there? Yeah, that that was that was a weird one. I feel like the first one, you know, was a good chance, but as I saw the replay, CCV was literally right behind him. And I don't know if he put his hands up like, I can't believe you missed that, or I can't believe you didn't let that go, and I would have just popped it in. But, um, yeah, the second one, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll just chalk that up to desperation because it was literally, I mean, so far over the net. I, I'm, I might have just kind of mentally switched off after that because it was just, you know, it was – I don't know what you would do in that situation. I'm not even sure if I would head the ball in that situation. I mean, he was fairly far out, um, you know, headed to somebody on the ground or headed into the ground. Um, it was just a powerful, it's like when you're in a, in a friend's pool and, you know, you have like a, a, a big uh, balloon or ball or something. And you just, you just want to hit it as, as, as hard as possible. And that's, that's what he did. He just like came out like a dolphin and just like smashed the ball into nowhere so yeah spot, spot the american when you're in a friend's pool <laughs> you can't hide you can't hide money either. Uh, i don't have a pool <laughs> for us for us caller it'd be your friend's um disused trampoline i guess trampoline <laughs> uh, I, I i feel like the the starfelt chance he was um that that second header he just seemed his body seemed to be in a completely bizarre shape so I, I I I don't yeah um he was like maybe he was contorting himself so much and he couldn't get yeah he should have headed it down but I don't I'm amazed he even got to it in the first place and the thing is we haven't really talked to him but I think Starfelt was perhaps my player of the match because he was <laughs> he was so uh, oh yeah sorry I, I'm <laughs> I'm stealing your thunder uh, I said perhaps you know I'm just building a little bit of tension a little bit of drama here um but yeah I, I feel like the 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 sort of the Motherwell goal was the one time that Starfield wasn't, you know, like because it came from a very, very long ball from the edge of their box. So Starfield was out of position, but he was just like nullifying Van Veen for the whole game. And uh, he was still, he, he was doing some brilliant defending in injury time as well. Cause I mean, there was, there was a wee moment, I mean, it, it didn't come to anything, but there was a wee moment where I was like, we could probably lose this if there's just a little slip. And uh, I feel that he, you know, okay, he, he made a bizarre header, but he kind of definitely made sure we got away with at least a point. So Van Veen, of course, the, the the player that Christian referred to as a donkey several times on the opposition analysis uh, on Friday, and that who I compared to Messi, Mbappe and Neymar, so I guess I know more about football than Christian. <laughs> uh, one of, to be fair to Christian, one of his uh, points did come true with uh, our goal because Blair Spittle pressing of Callum McGregor was absolutely horrendous and uh, one of the centre-backs went mental at him afterwards. So, I can't believe we're still hearing that name. I feel I like Blair Spittle's like 45 years old. It's the most Tory name of all time that just makes you think of spitting water at people. I don't know. But there you go. So the game ended. We dropped our first home points of the season, which is remarkable when you consider we have, what, two home games left after this? It's 
what a season it's been, what a team. Uh, we have been negative in this pod because we're dissecting the blow by blow of a draw at home against Motherwell. I'm giving all these caveats because Eddie, we often get called the, the negative duo when it comes to reactions. So I, <laughs> I try to head that off right away. First, first pod back in a while. And geez, <laughs> did I really get a game? Yeah, yeah. So th- there you go. We are now, uh, what, 13 points clear, five to play. Uh, the league is ours. Uh, touch wood. <laughs> the league Why is the <laughs> Colin, money match. Uh, any takeaways you want? Well, I'm going to give the man of the match to Joe. Hart. No, I'm going to give it to Carl, <laughs> big Carl, because he's he's so he's so unfairly lampooned, and also he took a real sore one to the the hand. Let's not forget. So he played with a sore handy. So uh, good on him. Uh, my takeaways. I believe you're trying to make us feel bad about the guy who's allegedly dating Jacinta. I mean, <laughs> we're not going to feel bad for him, mate. <laughs> Um, well that's a good point Um, so takeaways I would like to think that that's you know I don't think it was a bad we played badly today but I kind of feel that that's the wobble out of the way right that's the little wobble out of the way we had some injury issues which hopefully will resolve and uh, we can use this as fuel for the for the semi-final and um, also uh, yeah um, I'm just. I think this we can use this to our advantage for next weekend. Yeah, uh, all joking aside, it would have been good to get the three points and then be able to maybe give some players some game time that haven't played much. But at the end of the day, you can't. Having a perfect season is a bit unrealistic. Any money match, two point or one point takeaway, whatever. However many takeaways you want. I think. Um, I mean, obviously. Uh... Uh, Cal McGregor is just Cal McGregor, but uh, I'm going to give uh, my man of the match to Matthew Sean O'Reilly. Um, I like, uh, yeah, I like that he's kind of, you know, gotten his game back a little bit, got gotten his groove back. How Matthew got his groove back, the famous '90s movie. Um, but yeah, I, I love to see him play well, and I think when he plays well, it shows uh, throughout the team. Um, and you kind of, you know, we're all thinking about Hatate, McGregor, Wata, midfield, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's delicious sounding, but I think right now uh, I'm really glad that O'Reilly's kind of found his game and, and swagger back um, as far as takeaways go. Um, I think I just like the way we, we attacked the game. I think in the first half, um, you know, whereas usually we'd kind of throw crosses in, which we ended up doing at the end of the game. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I thought the play in the midfield in particular was really, really positive, And I love watching uh, those three guys go at it. So, Matthew Sean O'Reilly. I mean, it, it must be interesting getting introduced to him with his like posh English accent and then asking him where he's from. He says Denmark. Uh, so, I mean, it must be, must be a confusing time for him. But we... As I said, we are 13 points clear, so there's that. And uh, we go again next week, and hopefully there'll be some lols at Pataudry tomorrow. We can we can hold that. That would be really nice. Lols or lols? Lols. Both. Get them in. Get them both. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get them both, but get them both. Uh, Colin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, and uh, hopefully we haven't bummed anybody out, but I thought, I thought we were fairly, we were fairly even-handed. And Eddie? Yes, thank you so much. Good to see you guys. Any plans for either of you for your Saturday evenings? I'm going uh I'm going to Queens, New York to uh have some beverages. 
Um, well, you end up in a friend's pool, but uh, by any chance. <laughs> This is this isn't a John Hughes movie, Colin. All right, we're not going to hop the fence and uh, don't, don't burst my bubble. Colin, what about yourself? Hey, I think just kind of going to nip round to friends and have a few beers and uh, just yeah, quite a quiet one. And tomorrow I've got um, I've got a football training session. Uh, which I'm quite excited about. Um, so I'm probably going to be puking quite a lot. So I'll keep you <laughs> updated on that. <laughs> nice. You heard it here first. Well, <laughs> I've been Grim McKay. This has been The Reaction. And we all catch you down the road.